Here's the Catch is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. The 49ers are back home Sunday, December 15th against the Falcons. To get in the door at the lowest price possible and the best seats possible, check out GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Let's go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Changing gears this time, we're going to be talking about the 49ers past because the decade's about to wrap up here in just about a month or so. So the all-decade team for the 49ers, the all-2010s. Wait, how are we going to refer to that 30 years from now? Yeah, the yeah, we're talking 20, about uh, 10 through uh, 19. Because I don't remember anybody talking about like 1910 to 1919 with a specific it, word. It's, so. it's not the aughts. It's, it's got to be the teens. So the team of the teens. The teens. The all-teen so te- te- all team. The, the teens don't start till 13. And the 49ers had their two best teams so far. Well, I don't know how 19 is going to end up, but of this decade... 11 and 12, I thought, were the two best. Yeah. 13, they dropped off a bit. They were still in the NFC title game. But uh, there were some good teams at the start of the decade, some bad teams in the middle. And as you'll notice, the list that we have compiled here is mainly uh, from the, the good guys, the, the, the teams that made those three straight NFC title games in that one Super Bowl from 2011 to 2013. We'll start with quarterback because this is where the biggest debate rages. Uh, this was a debate in the coach's mind. Jim Harbaugh back in the day, who's our head coach. I think that goes without saying because Shanahan still needs to win some playoff games before he gets consideration. But uh, Jim Harbaugh had a pick between Alex Smith and and Colin Kaepernick, and we decided to go with Colin Kaepernick on the all-decade team. We we decided to go with what Jim Harbaugh decided to go with. And remember, it was a uh, concussion to Alex Smith that sort of opened the door for Colin Kaepernick and he came in on a Monday night game against the Bears and and really played uh, fantastically and they never looked back but you know there was a a schism in the locker room at that point Alex Smith had a lot of backers Um, if you'll recall he was the one that led those workouts uh, in the offseason during that lockout and that garnered him a lot of respect in the locker room and so uh, a lot of people felt like Alex Smith was betrayed a little bit but they were so good under Colin Kaepernick that there really wasn't a lot of loud complaints from the players at that time. Yeah and and I was an Alex Smith guy I mean I I thought he was a guy that deserved even being injured uh, even with the way Colin when we look back at it now Super Bowl and all that stuff but I, I think I was an Alex Smith guy and I think Alex Smith was a was was a NFL quarterback I think he was a quarterback uh, that if he continued to get more reps in the offense, the Jim Harbaugh offense, he would have been one of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League. And we saw what he did as he went on uh, to finish out his career. I think I was one of those guys that really thought he deserved another chance. Here's the question. There's no way to know it, but do they win the Super Bowl if Alex Smith is the quarterback in, in 2012? He was having a very, very good year, really high completion percentage. I mean, it's it's all conjecture, but uh, would they yeah, have come a little bit tough. closer? It, well, it's tough because you, do they get to the Super Bowl? Do they even Bowl? get there? Yeah, yeah but yeah. The, the problem, I think, the year before and, the uh, you know, the official impetus for Harbaugh to make the change was the NFC Championship game against the Giants 
where the 49ers only went one for 13 on third down, albeit with a receiving core that was significantly weaker than the one they had in 2012. I think there was only one pass to a receiver. Yeah. And it was to Crabtree at the very end. It was for Short something like, like three yards yeah, or four yards. Exactly. Crabtree was not, so, was not happy at the end of that game, for I, sure. And, and Harbaugh really thought that he needed a little bit more firepower. And, and Kaepernick in 2012, you look at QBR, the advanced metrics, only Brady and Manning were better than Kaepernick and, and he beat, in 2012. Uh, beat and he beat Brady, Brady in New England. On the road, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, that, that team was so good that you could say, hey, maybe they needed a, more of a game manager guy with less downside um, at certain times. But the defense was also leaking oil down the stretch there. They had some injuries, and that 2012 defense, I mean, they they gave up a lot to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That wasn't the 2011 defense, which had peaked against the Giants there at the right Justin time. Justin Smith had a torn triceps uh, late in, in that 2012 season. He, he got owned by uh, Osemele in the Super Bowl. Uh, a healthy Justin Smith does not get uh, handled like he did like in he that did. game. Yeah. So, well, Justin Smith is is on our our all de- decade team. We'll get to him in a second. But why don't we round out the offense? The guys in front of Colin Kaepernick. We'll start with them from left tackle to right tackle. Joe Staley anchoring the left side. I think that's a given. I mean, he he was he's been the only starting left tackle for the 49ers throughout the decade, yeah. right? He came in in 07, so that's easy. We have Mike Upati at, at left guard. Hard to argue with that. Very uh, hard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, b- and he's still he's still doing it with Seattle. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Jonathan Goodwin at center. I like that. Uh, he was sort of the brains of the outfit uh, for those uh, uh, NFC Championship game teams. Um, I think he was in his 13th or 14th year at that point. So he was a very much a veteran center, and, and they needed that on that uh, on that line that year. Yeah, and he was the glue. I mean, you watch him. He, he was the one that said, you know, the sliding, where the blocking was going to go. And he really seemed like he was in charge, uh, you know, and, and the play really kind of went down after Jonathan was no longer at that center position. And the 49ers are in a similar spot now. What we saw without a healthy uh, – Weston Richburg last year, the, the off- offense just didn't function the same way as it is right now with a healthy Weston Richburg. That's why they're paying him all that money, and I think that underscores the importance of the position. Moving to the right side, Alex Boone at right guard. What do you guys think? Uh, to me, Alex Boone was, 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 was a guard. He was an offense. I mean, his attitude, the way he attacked the game, he was at, you know, he was at that, that grimy, that kind of almost borderline dirty player, and he kind of loved to kind of mix it up. And I think that play to, you know, that running game that Jim Harbaugh and that offense put together, I mean, they were just knocking people off the ball. And he was always that one guy that was kind of that extra at the end of the play, pushing the defensive lineman. So I, I, I like him at that at, at, in this teens team. Alex Boone, famous for uh, belly bumping with Jim Harbaugh in Detroit right before Jim Harbaugh shook hands with Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. <laughs> and so... Uh, the story behind that is that uh, Jim Harbaugh had this this saying. He would tell the guys that you know he he really wanted to adopt this, this sort of working class blue collar nature on the team. And blue collar guys, at the end of the day, from you know they come home from work and they they grab a beer out of the refrigerator and they untuck their shirts. And that's the last thing you do at the end of the day, you know, to kind of mark a, a job well done is you untuck your shirt. So that's what Alex Boone was doing. He was untucking his shirt. And, uh, you know, of course, that got Harbaugh all fired up. And so he was so fired up just before that handshake that he shook 
uh, Jim Schwartz's hand way too hard, and also may or may not have shouted an obscenity in his ear. <laughs> so that led to. And he said, Coach Harbaugh was, I came in too hot. He came in too hot. Yeah, yeah he, he said. And I, also, I, Alex Boone's probably the only NFL player that has an animal at the San Francisco Zoo. Rhino. A rhino. I, I think, yeah, uh, named I think Jimmy. I think it's a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Jimmy G Tiger or something now. A snow leopard. Yeah. Snow leopard. Is, yeah. yeah, it's a snow leopard. Eh, they not added as cool a as a rhino. <laughs> it's not as cool as a rhino. A baby rhino. It's probably an adult rhino now. Let's move and finish with right tackle. Anthony Davis. This guy was a little bit more of a lightning rod just yeah. because of the retirement return. And then he was... Didn't he recently try to return or yeah he put it out yeah. there that he wanted to return but i think the 49ers Released were like him. uh you know once uh twice Been burned yeah yeah, uh, yeah we're not gonna shy. but good right tackle back yeah, he was great back i mean he's very very uh physical and he could move he was a first round draft pick and i think that's it probably makes him a bit of a disappointment because you want a first rounder to play uh 10 years for you and uh, i don't think they got that out of anthony davis but when he was in there which is you know those those years that they went to the super bowl they were very good yeah, very athletic. Uh, he was, you know, he, he had a great, great foot movement. I mean, he was a strong guy. He was going to be the guy that was going to kind of kind of tutor Trent Brown to kind of take yeah. over. And I think maybe that played a little bit into his psyche as far as being with the 49ers. Yeah, we want to put him ahead of uh, Trent Brown on this team. Uh, any votes for Trent Brown over Anthony Davis? Well, well, not, I mean, as a player, I don't know. But as far as a 49er, I think Anthony Davis was a better 49er than Trent Brown. But, of course, Trent Brown went on and he, you know, had his, his, is still having a fantastic yeah. career. Yeah. But I think at that time, uh, Anthony Davis was, is, was the better tackle. Yeah, well, I mean, they picked Trent Brown in the seventh round. Big-time development project. Huge body, biggest frame in the NFL. And it took a while for him to, to come around. But by year three, around there, year four, uh, Von Miller, that's when he was calling him the best pass-blocking right tackle in the NFL. And um, it, the 49ers, the, the scheme here is different. They, need, they needed the run blocker, too, and they weren't willing to pay the kind of money that it would take to, to keep the best right tackle in the NFL around. So we saw him deliver for New England. We're seeing him deliver for the Raiders now, but as far as the 49ers all-decade team, I think, I think we got it right with – Anthony Davis. So it was an old school line. They were dominant. The reason that team was so good is because they had good players all around, but especially on both fronts, they were really solid. But those guys were blocking, obviously, for the quarterback, but also for one of the great running backs. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's who, any question on this guy. And I don't think there's any question either on the Hall of Fame. We're, we're recording this podcast ahead of the Niners-Packers game, and it's on the day that Frank Gore passed Barry Sanders for number three all-time rushing. Yeah. If there's anything that punches your ticket to the Hall of Fame, I think it's passing Barry Sanders at all-time rushing. Yeah, and yeah. you look at Frank Gore. I mean, he's been doing it for so many years. But, you know, Frank Gore is a, is a different guy. I mean, if you watch Frank Gore play, first of all, he runs hard in between the tackles. But Frank Gore plays in shorts. He doesn't wear knee pads. He doesn't wear thigh pads. He just has shoulder pads on. And here he is, a third leading rusher. If I came to you and said when Frank Gore was here, you said, this guy is going to be the third leading rusher in all of the NFL, you'd be like, eh. He had already torn both of his ACLs. Two blown out <laughs> knees and Before still didn't wear knee yard. pads. Yeah. So he's kind of a superior human being. I, re- anyway. I remember interviewing Norv Turner, who was uh, Frank's offensive coordinator in 2006. And this was like three or four years ago. And uh, Norv was saying that he uh, that the way that Frank Gore ran rem- reminded him of Emmett Smith because he would get in behind his offensive lineman and get really low to the ground and, and, and avoid a lot of big hits, which, you know, for Emmett Smith led to, a, I think, a 15-year career, and it's led to longevity for Frank Gore, too. So three, three or four years ago, 
Um, you know, I forget where Frank Gore was, maybe in the top 10, but right around there. And now he's uh, in the top five. So uh, just keeps on he going. just keeps on yeah. going. And we Death talked about taxes Frank, Gore. Frank Gore. Yeah, we talked about Frank Gore being too old. He was falling off a cliff. You know, that's why he wasn't here anymore. And, you know, he's proved everybody wrong. Yeah. So good job, Frank Gore. Well, and he still speaks fondly of the 49ers. Uh, every couple of weeks you hear about him, you know, glowing about what's going on here, even though, you know, he's he's obviously not in the building anymore. So I think he's one of those guys that will retire a 49er. Oh, yeah. He's a really maybe. loyal guy. And this was the team that yeah, took a told, chance on him. Yeah. And they, they told him, he said, they said, Frank, if you're here, if you're still on the board at the start of the fir- third round, we're going to take you. And I, and I think that the fact that they kept their word, uh, you know, has made Frank Gore a lifelong 49er. Well, what if we got to play and, you know, mix and match slightly different eras and moving to our fullback here? What if we got to see our fullback block for Frank Gore? Our fullback is currently on the team. Uh, perennial pro bowler at the position, a guy, Swiss Army Knife. He, he's more than a fullback. He was a slot receiver in college at Harvard. It's Kyle Juszczyk, but it would have been cool to see Kyle Juszczyk block for Frank yeah. Gore. I don't, I don't know. How, how long would he have lasted, though? I mean, uh, those were some really... Uh, power-based offenses where you use the fullback as a lead blocker on almost every every run there. So uh, I don't know if uh, Kyle Juszczyk could last, uh, you know, five seasons doing that. Don't tell that to him. He no, I won't. I hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast. Well, there, I mean, there's there's been a there's been a lot of really good fullbacks. I mean, you think you talk about Kyle Black, and how about a Tom Raffman? blocking for Frank Gore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. yeah that'd be, that'd I mean, be that'd sweet. be something to watch. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, and this for this conversation, uh, Juice is the guy, I think, uh, is the fullback that deserves to be on this squad. And then the game has changed in the short amount of time since those Harbaugh teams. I mean, literally, there was a huge catch against Arizona last week where Juszczyk was the outside wide receiver running a slant. You don't see, you didn't see Tom Rathman yeah. lining up wide, and Juszczyk does all those different things, and, and I think the big contract makes sense now because he's at the forefront of that adaptability that Kyle Shanahan wants. Well, speaking of you know receivers, so let's go to the actual wideouts. We have Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden, and then our, our tight end, we have two, and I think it's fair to list two because they could run a two tight end set, Vernon Davis and George Kittle. Vernon Davis, in, in a lot of ways, was an original George Kittle, the extremely fast, even faster than Kittle, who's you know way fast four, at 4.5. Yeah, 4.37. Yeah, 4.37. So 49ers have been blessed with uh, two pretty remarkably talented tight ends. So let's start with that. Well, the only other guy that you want to bring up, I think, is Delaney Walker. And uh, I remember Delaney Walker and Vernon Davis came into the league in the, the same year, and uh, Walker was a six-rounder, Davis was a first, but by the end of their careers here, they were both up for free agency at the same time, and, and the 49ers chose to re-up Vernon Davis. And uh, Delaney Walker, of course, went to the Tennessee Titans. But I, I think that Delaney Walker has been the better tight end since then. I don't know if he was still hungrier at that point or what, but uh, uh, if the 49ers had to do it over again, I wonder whether they would have held on to Delaney Walker. I, I do think, for the sake of this uh, all-decade team, we got the two right guys. I mean, Vernon Davis in those playoff games, a lot of those games, he was the entire offense. Yeah. I mean, he was the only one on the field who scared teams, and he was the only one capable of scoring from anywhere on the field, and he did so. of Kittle. Right? Yeah, yeah. reminiscent well, I mean, of Kittle. I, I like George Kittle, but I think for this, at least, I think, I think Delaney Walker needs to be in those parentheses. I think 
he was a guy that, just like Vernon, he was just that mismatch. And George Kittle's a mismatch. I don't think his body of work is enough yet to put him on an all-decade team type of thing. I think Vernon Davis, I think Delaney Walker for sure was a guy that, you know, he changed the way the defense is defended uh, uh, the 49ers and he was so effective and he was you know he was good you know, he, he could you can get him on the slot you can get him down the perimeter uh, so I think for this argument I think it should be Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker. or we could just go with all tight end offense because it, it wasn't yeah, a good receiver. We, we could sub out one of our receivers yeah, yeah, it for wasn't a, a good decade end. for receivers for the 49ers <laughs> especially considering the, the the lofty standards of Terrell Owens Jerry Rice that you know the right. guys that came before them Saw J.J. Stokes last night, by the way, at the Pac-12 headquarters. That was yeah, that was fun. Um, he he he's on air now. He does the Pac-12 network stuff. So um, a- anyway, with Crabtree and Bolden, yeah, Bolden gave the 49ers a couple good years there. Crabtree was productive, but man, if you look at the if you had to construct your best pass passing offense out of this decade, you might try to go with the mismatch, the size speed mismatch of the tight ends across the whole field. Run the ball pretty well if you yeah. have the three tight ends. Out Just there, imagine sure. lineup with Davis. Prime Vernon Davis, prime George Kittle, and Delaney Walker in the slot. <laughs> yeah, pick your poison on that one. <laughs> It'll be fun. All right, let's uh, let's move to, to the defense here. Uh, let's just go through the front seven here. The line, we have a little bit of debate at tackle, but the DeForest Buckner is is at the top. Uh, but you could also go with Ray McDonald or Isaac Sopoaga. That's one of the defensive tackle spots that plays more than well, nose Isaac, tackle. Isaac was a nose tackle. Was yeah, he not? I, I, I guess this this list isn't correct that we're looking yeah. at. Let's let's move Isaac down to nose tackle and have the other tackle spot between Ray McDonald and DeForest Buckner. Where, okay. where are we playing Justin Smith here? Is he a defensive end? He's uh, at tackle as well. I guess there was a left defensive tackle and a right defensive okay. tackle. Let's just talk about all the tackles at right. once. Yeah, as far as nose tackle, Franklin or Sopoaga. I, I, I must say Isaac. I mean, you know, as as far as the nose tackle, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Isaac was. I mean, he was he was the that two gapper that you needed for that defense. They were running at that during that. I mean, he would absorb two, sometimes three blockers, and he, he was it was important for him to absorb that and, and to let, let Patrick and Navarro kind of flow up and down that line of scrimmage. So, you know, I'm going to say Isaac at nose. I, I like the force at the tackle position. Again, he's, you know, he, I don't know if his body of work, but I think if you look back at all the defensive tackles, he's been the most productive. Yeah, and then Justin Smith. So I think oh, you yeah. go DeForest and Justin Smith as your yeah. two standard tackles and then Isaac as your nose. Yeah, Is that Justin, fair? Justin Smith began his career as a, defensive end with Cincinnati but by the end of it when he was here Man he was strength. yeah he had inside. bulked up to about 300 yeah. pounds <laughs> was playing on the inside and it, it ran those twists with uh Alden Smith just about as well as that's yeah. that's been run he had the best arm bar I've, I've seen you know he would get that he would grab that guard underneath his armpit and just pick him up and all Alden to do was get tight yeah. around his butt and it was a sack every time so 49ers ran a 3-4 earlier in the decade, so we kind of modeled this after a 3-4. So we have Alden Smith as an outside linebacker. But outside linebacker, defensive end, same thing. Who are our two edge guys? Uh, Obviously, Alden Smith had the – a huge year. Bosa, you know, maybe if he just continues the surge. Well, oh, I don't think Dennis is going to like putting uh, Bosa in. Uh, he doesn't want to give the rookies I mean, you got to get a little more. Year. You're talking about decade. Yeah. I mean, this cat's been here for So, so you want Ahmad Brooks? Is there, I think, I mean, yeah. you think about Ahmad Brooks. I mean, he was a guy that, that came in here and there was, you know, there was really no expectations. And he became one of the premier outside pass rushers in the National Football League. I just remember that that Saints game, you know, him hitting Drew Brees and, you know, 
basically breaking his neck almost. It was a penalty on that play, but uh, Ahmad became one of the best pass rushers, edge rushers, uh, you know, on you know in the NFL at that time. He was extremely athletic. There was a game in Carolina, playoff game, where they actually lined him up at inside linebacker, and he dove over the entire line of scrimmage uh, at the goal line and, and uh, knocked uh, the quarterback backwards. So uh, uh, extreme um, athleticism from Ahmad Brooks. He had issues you know, with the playbook, uh, with effort, but he started to put it all together towards the end there, which coincided with those, those playoff uh, teams. Well, there's no debate as far as the two inside linebackers go. Patrick Willis, Noara Bowman, I don't think all right we can't anybody's gonna be arguing here with yeah the the only one i mean patrick was only in the pro bowl every year he was in the nfl so i mean you really can't argue about that and navarro was i mean he he was a guy that just came on and it was just a perfect fit they're almost they almost look alike when they played on the football field so it was it was no i remember patrick willis running down sean maury the uh cardinals wide receiver in arizona i think he he traveled 64 yards to to run down a wide receiver from behind and, and basically save that game. Uh, to me, that's the most uh, iconic Patrick Willis play of, of his, what, eight-year career. Yeah, it was short, but, I mean, short. And most guys would die to have an eight-year career, but it almost felt that it got cut off short because he was still playing so well, but that toe got him there toward the end. Um, free safety, Deshaun Goldson, strong safety, Dante Whitner. And the cornerbacks here, we have Carlos Rogers and Terrell Brown. Richard Sherman came aboard last year, but he, he, he did more damage to the 49ers than, than helped them this decade. So yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I want to put him on the team. I think the net impact there is still negative. He's working his way back. It, it does uh, say something about the cornerback position when Terrell Brown is your best your best uh, pick from the decade. Uh, yeah. he, he wasn't a, uh, a big impact player for this team, I don't think. I almost kind of forgot about Deshaun Golson, but he was a thumper. I mean, that Super Bowl year was his big year. He, he went on the, to uh, Tampa Bay, and he got all those fines for kind of some of those big hits. But I like that combination with uh, Deshaun Golson and, and Dante Whitner. I mean, I, that was, you know, that was that, that secondary, those safeties yeah. and free safeties. I remember that. But you got to put, you know, Eric Reed in there, too, because, you know, his, his rookie year, I think he went to the Pro Bowl. So yeah. he was very, yeah. very uh, effective on it when, he, when he first got here. And I then, talked to Vic Fangio about Goldson a few months ago, and he's, he said that, I mean, Goldson was somebody who signed that year. Remember, he was a free agent of the lockout year, and he didn't re-sign with the 49ers until something like August 10. Um, so Fangio didn't know him at all, but he said that Deshaun Goldson's season that year was as fine a, a, a season he's seen from a free safety uh, since he's been coaching. So he would uh, uh, Vic Fangio would pick Goldson for this team. So if, if, it, if it's good enough for Vic Fangio, it's, it's good enough for me. Perfect. Let's round it out with the specialists. Um, specialists? No, no, yeah, the specialists. Dennis, okay. Dennis specialists? doesn't even want the specialists De- on Dennis gave me a really the dirty punter? look when I said specialists. A kicker? We'll go through it quick. Uh, for kicker, either, either Robbie Gold or, or, or Phil Dawson. Um, I'm mad at Robbie Gold. Yeah. I, I, I I'm a little Robbie. upset. I mean, he, I, I mean, he's been gold over the years. But, but David Akers. 
game three, your kicker's the Acres still not rough up. Super Bowl. Right? A- Acres uh, set a, uh, a league record for and field he had a goals. Yarder yeah, in Lambeau against the Packers. Now he so. wasn't yeah. any good the next year, but uh, the year that they <laughs> well, went to I the think Super Bowl. Hopefully, he, Robbie Gould doesn't have the David excellent. Acres syndrome. Yeah. We haven't seen him play well or kick well this year, and, and then he got hurt. So, but Phil anyway. Dawson was you know, he was consistent for many years. Wasn't he? A couple yeah. of years. Uncle Phil was pretty May, consistent. Yeah, we should for, we should err toward the, the teams that accomplish something. Um, Phil and Phil kicked that winner in Green Bay and. 2013, right? That's right. Yeah, that's huge. Negative 17. I'd lean toward Phil. I'd lean toward Phil. Yeah, Yeah. I I would vote for Phil. I have Phil. All right, punter, easy, Andy Lee, slam dunk, and then the the return man, Ted Ginn. He was fast. Well, and Uh, listen, he gets hurt in that, uh, I guess it was the... Kyle Williams, yeah. He gets hurt Uh, in the Saints game, and then that sets up Kyle Williams having to do that role. If there's no Kyle Williams in that game, one team goes to the Super Bowl and the other doesn't. All right, well, that's the 49ers all-decade team.